I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, friends, and welcome to the No BS Guide to Life with me, Bangs in the Bum in London. And me, Lamara LP, all the way from New York City. Hey, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hi. How's everybody? How Good, great, wonderful. Let's start this thing. What are you calling <laughs> bullshit on? <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> that intro gets shorter and shorter, but for this week particularly, as Bangs was saying before, we've got a lot of fuckeries to get through people. So, no long ting. Let's do it now. Yeah. What do you want to start with in true fashion with us? Bullshit or good shit? Let's go with the bullshit. Let's just do bullshit first. Who wants to go first? You? Me? I... You. You. Because it's kind of like a joint bullshit and I have one myself, but... Okay. Go in. Go in, bang. All right. Jesus. So I don't even think there's enough bullshit in the world for Brock Turner... And oh. his rapist ass. So, if you've been living under a rock for the past All the rocks. for a past for the past while, there's some kid in America who goes to Stanford or one of those fancy universities, and he raped a chick behind a dumpster at a frat party. And his victim read an incredible witness statement at his trial that just threw all the fire and then some more fire, and then even more fire on top of him. And the judge decided to give him six months for ruining this chick's life. And so I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit on Brock Turner himself for not even recognizing, not understanding at all that what he did was rape and blaming it on party culture, drinking culture, whatever. I call bullshit on that. Call bullshit on his dad for addressing Mm. the whole incident as quote unquote, 20 minutes of action. I call bullshit on the media who continually refer to this asshole as a very talented swimmer. Right, right. Listen, that asshole can front crawl his way straight into hell, as far as I'm concerned. So it's a good thing that he's a good swimmer. Well done. Congratulations. I hope those times serve you well while you crawl into the fiery pits of hell. Just what a low this whole thing is, you know, for like, for, for our culture in general this time right. in life right. what a freaking low that this that this is what this happens that this, this happens. is the judgment this is the outcome this is this is how it's reported in the media this is all of those terrible things which make and where i, I honestly with a lot of things to do with america specifically haha i live in new york but to do with a lot of thing that comes with the law where the fuck is justice I don't know what place it holds in society anymore for matters to do with race, for matters to do with gender, for matters to do with sexuality. Like, what the hell is going on? 
I read that 12-page document. There's something about, like, the narrative of this and how it was reported in the media and everything, everything being done to demean this woman as deserving of her treatment through the law and through this dickhead. Do you know what I mean? So for her to write that, I took time out to read it as painful, as graphic as it was, and just in bearing her soul of, like, shit, do you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm a real person, this happened to me, I have no recollection of this. And she said, I had to listen on the news and read in the media how this sexual assault and then ending with his swimming time, nice to know he's got, like, a GPA average or he can do a 100-meter backstroke, but do you know I was found behind the dumpster with, you know, all my modesty showing and, like, you know, she was talking about the, the vines or the thorns in her body and I was just like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, what is going on? For that to be your testimony, for evidence to be used in that case, and then for you, you scum, to walk away of six months. And what's really interesting, this as well for me, and that's why I bring justice into it, is the disparity in justice, mm. right? Because what a time to have white privilege and be alive. Listen. Yes, I said it. Listen. What a time to have white privilege and be alive. Because if you've been watching that case and reading the news reports and then seeing the other side of African-American men, dare I say, is it the, um, God, history's not going to serve me well, but the five men who were tried with raping in Central Park many, many years ago. Yeah, you've got to and, watch and, that documentary if you have That's another people. Burns doc, right? Yeah. And just the racial disparity in this, that if it was a person of colour or a person of African-American descent, that wouldn't be six months, fam. No. That wouldn't be six months. So the, Im the immunity he gets with this, the, the pure fuckeries that he gets with this annoys the shit out of me. And I just, I can't, I can't. That was, that's a low blow for the society we're in. I just, yeah, I just can't take it. And just as a, it, it made for such hard reading her her statement in and of itself which is to say nothing of the fact that she actually lived that so we can't even complain about the fact that it was hard to read everybody should read that shout out to yeah. joe biden for reading it and shout and addressing the girl joe. herself it just gets harder and harder as a woman to mm. continually have to see these injustices happen and mm. see people dismiss it and see Brock Turner's own father, for him to say it was 20 minutes of action. I also would really like to know where this kid's mother is. We have not heard from her. Mm -hmm. And is she defending her son? Is she defending his actions? When nobody's, de nobody's debating whether or not he did it. He was caught red-handed. Exactly. Like, there's, exactly. There's no debate around this. We know he did it. And But his, for his friends to be giving statements to the judge about how, oh, he's a really good time and, and, and also swimming and also swimming and he's a really good swimming. guy. And this is just like, I think one of his friends said he's getting, he's serving six months for something that happens at parties all the time. Oh, does it? Well, oh let's address God. that then, bruv. Oh that's, it, that's the exact freaking point, you dickhead. Let's address that then. The fact that, you feel it's nothing to go ahead and oh. do this to women all the time. We are not here for your amusement. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like our bodies are just here to be fucking used and abused by you whenever someone happens to get a little bit tipsy at a frat party. Fuck you. Fuck you and all your friends. I'm sorry, but it really fucks me off. So that's my bullshit for the week. Let me just calm down and hand it over to you. 
I mean, don't calm down too much because <laughs> I'm about to get angry again. You're about, of course, you're about to, in similar vein. Like, cosign all of what you said. My bullshit is, we, yeah, we are not here for your amusement as women. We are not your things. We are not objects. And therefore, we do not, not never, not ever need to be addressed with a hiss, with a A-O, fuck you then, with a A, why aren't you smiling? With a come here, give me your number. I'm calling uh, bullshit on catcalling and sexual harassment. People, regardless of the month or the the season we are in, except summertime, it's freaking rife for that shit, oh, right? Yeah. I posted on my Facebook yesterday, like, a New York summer haiku, which is, Ayo Ma, Ayo Ma, why aren't you smiling? Well, fuck you then, bitch. Catcalling cat, cat is out. Now, it, it's, it's time. It's It started, like... I was meeting a friend yesterday. I was just waiting by the subway. And these two girls walked past. And this guy, what the fuck he was doing? Like, delivering water to the bodega. I don't give a shit. Hissed at this girl. Incessantly, repeatedly hissed. Uh. I've been somewhere else and I've seen someone like, why aren't you smiling? What do you mean? What the fuck am I smiling for? For your amusement. And just the leering and the jeering, that has to stop. You should be able, right, to walk down the street and know, like, the little safety you have in wearing what outfit you want to wear to look mm. fly and, and loving your goddamn self, to be able to get from A to B with, with, without being interrupted. But And all of that catcalling and all of that predatory, overly, like, sexual, leering, jeering, disgusting, repulsive behaviour from men stops you from doing that and I hate that like and I think for me like happened to me when I was younger it used to happen to me when I was younger a lot and I went um I think very very early on this year I heard Ashley Ford who's a great phenomenal writer um I heard her speak at an event and she spoke about kind of coming into her body as a teenager and how your body develops as a woman and her clothes weren't fitting her because this was growing and that was growing and how comments from either like people close to her or insidious men on streets like observing the way her body was changing Mm. that's wrong like I should have a right to my own body and me and someone else or like whoever appreciate it it's not public property in that way we don't need a fucking running commentary on it like need a running commentary I don't need you to applaud I don't need a wolf whistle and I remember younger just being really uncomfortable with that shit and I've I've it's interesting because a girl at work it happened to her she we walked past um a builder's yard every morning to get to work she was like I'm sick and tired of men doing this and I was like you should not shout back she's like nah it's not worth it shout the fuck back Mm. shout the fuck back like what are you doing do you have a daughter? Do you have a mother? What if I was your sister and someone was doing that to, to, to you? And I know it's not easy to find those those words, like, but even the smallest action of crossing the street, like, I hate to think she has to change her route because she doesn't want to deal with that shit any morning. But men listening to this, like, that is intimidation, fam. Like... I don't think men will ever get it. I don't think they will ever understand. And this is uh, an example of male privilege, I guess. Just mm. that they... Bottom line, men think that we belong to them, that mm. we are here, our bodies are for, you know, we are their playthings. So how very dare we not acknowledge them when we walk past? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's where that comes from. Like if they're saying, oh, you know, trying to get your attention and you walk past, well, fuck you then. That's where that comes from. Like how, right. how very dare you ignore right. me when I am bestowing my greatness as a man unto you? Like mm. I didn't ask for it though, bruv. Like I didn't ask for it. I don't Tell care. Him. I don't, I don't care. I'm just trying to go about my daily life. When you're talking about people changing routes, I have done that. I have had to do that before. Like if there's a building site or whatever on my street, I've changed routes because I can't take it. Like, and also what's the end game in that? I've always wanted to ask these dudes. You what's, said this before. <laughs> what is the end game? I don't understand. Okay. So you're saying, Hey, sexy, like, ah, uh, wah, 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 wah. Okay, cool. So if Hi. I, to, should I stop? And Hey, do you know what I was just thinking? I really today came out of my house thinking, I would just love to fuck a guy in the back of his white van today. <laughs> that is not my life. And I'm pretty sure it's not any other woman's life who's getting this harassment from random oh. dudes calling out of their vans and builders and whatever. Like, let's, let's play that string out then. Okay, cool. So you holler at me. And if I stop and try and engage with you, what happens then? What is What's the next? end game? You honest to God think that you're going to be able to say, what's up sexy to me? And I'm going to sleepy do right here, right now. Right. Fuck all the way off, please. Like, I just don't understand the, the logic of it. And you're not entitled to our mm. attention. You are not Tell entitled them. to our smiles. You're Tell not them. Like, none of what you're saying makes us feel good. It's not a fucking confidence boost. It's a threat to our security. And no, that's not making it a big deal. There are women who have been shot and killed for not giving yes. men their numbers. Yes. There's news yes. stories coming out all the freaking time. Rejection shootings, yes. Y you yes. are not entitled to it. Just like Brock Turner was not entitled to that girl's body at the party. You're not entitled to it. So all of these little, hey, yo, ma, hey, what's up, sexy? All these little things that we have to constantly hear buzzing around our heads and around our bodies every day just makes us feel less secure in these bodies mm. that mm. we have to navigate through life with. Just please just leave us alone. Or if you really genuinely want to engage with a woman, how about engaging your brain first mm. and approaching someone respectfully and politely? Like what the hell is wrong with you? Screaming and yelling at someone in the street is just first and foremost, it's rude. Like mm. have some manners. It's not a joke thing. I've heard men say before, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if a girl was doing that to me. Yeah, actually, yeah, you yeah, would. Yeah, you would. Why are you, you lying? Why are you lying? If it was your Why whole you life. Lying? Oh my God. Why are you lying? <laughs> because when we come for your body, because I'm objectifying you. And if we were to do that to you, the reverse of this is just holds no weight whatsoever. So what, to me, you're literally a piece of meat. To me, you're pecs and balls or tits and ass. Like, however however you want to describe it. No, you're not. That is not the full sum of my parts at all. <sighs> at all. It's not, it's not fair game in that respect. You can do it to us. No, we can't. There's an inequality in here, here talking about that, of you're coming from a position of power. Mm. You know your masculinity means more than my femininity. You know there's a strength here that, if it was to ever get to a point where it gets more physical and more intimidating, who is winning out of that? And, and winning is the wrong word, to be quite honest. But who's overpowering who in that moment? So don't tell me you can catcall me. Yeah. Fuck off. Anyway. Wow, okay. Let's take it to a happy place. <laughs> wow, we just kicked oh. off with a whole lot of anger. But Jesus, society is just on some bullshit at the moment. Let's I be real. When, when is Mars available to live on? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go there. 
because I just, you know, I like Earth. Necker Island, anyone? Necker Island? Somewhere, no? somewhere uninhabited on Earth would do me fine. But I'm not about to George Clooney myself up into space. I'm not, oof, no. Just my 40 acres and a mule and let me be done, bruv. Anyway, good shit. Yay! Good shit, guys, you know? Um, you got go, balance go it out. The yin and the yang. Yeah, my... with a shoulder. I see you. Oh, shit. My oh, good shit this week is... There's a video doing the rounds online of Pharrell hearing a music student's track for the first time. And it's just really a very heartwarming, lovely thing to watch. Oh, tell me more. So I guess Pharrell was involved in some kind of music school's tutor program or something, I'm guessing for context it's like a nine minute clip that i've watched i don't know what's happening before and after um, but he's there in the room he's with there his music students in the, the room music. exactly so these music students each play a track and i guess he was giving them feedback on said tracks so this girl gets up and her tutor was superly hyped about her already he was really excited about presenting what she she'd done to pharrell and she got up and she's just some kind of really cute unassuming kind of hippie-esque type chick. I believe her name is Maggie Rogers. And she gave a bit of her backstory that she's really into kind of folk music. And then she took some time off and went to France and had a really spiritual moment listening to dance music. And and it it was deep. Her whole thing was like deep. And then they hit play on her track and Pharrell's reaction to it, just as the track progresses, is just really beautiful to watch. It's like, mm. I think I'm basically calling good shit on the power of music and how it connects people. Cause yeah, yeah. you know, maybe this chick, obviously it was like a very unique set of circumstances that would have led to her meeting Pharrell in this particular instance, right? But how lucky and how lovely that she got to have that moment with him who can potentially do something with her music. But mm. it was just a really pure, lovely moment to watch this music makes someone's soul really happy. You know what mm. I mean? And also, shout out to the chick who made the track, Maggie Rogers, because she is just, she's listening to it and just jamming, like, as it's playing, she's totally in her own zone and just loving it. And I love seeing people who love what they do and, and are really feeling it. And, I mean, the track is amazing. If it's not on iTunes by now, it freaking should be. Um, she right. needs to capitalise on that moment because it's a frick- it is an amazing track. But... I'm calling good shit on just the power of music and, and what it can do to connect people and, I don't know, make you make you feel the feelings, you know? That's good shit. I just want to weigh in with, uh, to quote, um, <clears throat> you know that Canadian philosopher that I talk about a few a few times? Is it Aubrey Drake Graham? Aub- Aubrey Drake Graham the, mm. the, the second yeah. um, has a brilliant surmising of this in one of his great um, poems called Over. And he is he he takes on the stance of two other native philosophers by the by the philosophical name of Dead Prez. I'm killing it, bro. I'm joking. Basically, like the lyric is like one thing about music when it hits you feel no pain, and I think that's a beautiful thing for you to call good shit on because music is so powerful. Music over mm. food any day because oh, when you're down, sure. when you're up, when you're in your feelings, when you want to be left alone, when you're with someone like. Music has always consistently been there for you. Like just soundtrack in your life. So magical. It's so magical. Sometimes I find myself 
listening to certain tracks and like or going to shout out shout out the squad and all the selection parties we went to in London and just being in a space where there's good energy and great music and just being like Jesus what a feeling you know yeah. you kind of want to bottle that up and preserve it uh, so that's a brilliant amazing thing to call good shit on Banks yay what are you calling good shit on I mean it's not as magical as that but like without I'm calling good shit on to-do lists yeah and the power and gratification I feel in crossing off my to-do list because it's literally how I get through my day-to-day like my day-to-day with a piece of paper or the notes in my phone or the scribbles on the back of like the toilet paper I don't care to-do lists are magical magical things like to-do list in terms of we talk about like goals and aspirations you want to have or whatever but like the immediate things like what do I want to accomplish today or what do I need to do by the weekend and I write it down and I always write it down and I cross them off like I think they're great for holding me to task for the things I want to do and not letting me forget not saying I'm perfect and I do forget but to-do lists are cool to-do lists are really, 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 really cool. Because then you get to, like, maybe a Sunday, and I've seen, like, I had seven things at the beginning of this week, and I got three left. By the end of the day, hopefully those three will be gone, and then I can move into my week and not feel like I've procrastinated on things I had to do. It's so, so gratifying to, to be able yes. to just cross something off, yeah. So, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. Make Wait, one. Make one, people. Let me ask you this, though. Are you oh, doing... God. Do you do manual to-do lists or have you invested in apps and such like that kind of help you? No, manual, manual. I'm talking about pen and paper, baby, all the way. (laughs) All the way. So in my notebook, if you look at my notebook, you'd say there's like, Lamar, you got like 10 to-do lists here. It's only because I never, I never cross it off until it's done. It goes onto a new to-do list as well. Oh, there's layers. And then I'll go back and cross it off the old one and the new one. Okay. And like, if there was... It's my method to madness, right? And if there was something like this week I had to send three cards, it wasn't on my to-do list. It was a thought I had to do for time. I added it and crossed it off. Accomplished. And then in my notes, there's like some other random things, but everyone's notes is like the inner workers of their brain. But yeah, it's very manual. It's very manual. I don't, I used to use like the Apple reminders. That was dead, fam. Ain't all got time for that. So, yeah. Pen and paper. There's, um, but I'm pleased to hear that there's like levels to your shit. You, you sound there's... like you got like a fairly comprehensive <laughs> system going on there. I appreciate it. China, I, China. Yeah. My to do list is akin to the Kevin Hart check-ins and savings joke. <laughs> <laughs> See the way my to do list is. Uh, <laughs> See the way my to do list is. I got an old list and I got a new list and I got a balanced new list. <laughs> anyway, all right, bruv. Yes. Um, this week. I think we've just been like every conversation we've had of late, and especially, especially off the bullshit we caused today. Called today, sorry. There's something around. Um, I'm, I'm going to go from here because you said a really, really poignant line about the way we feel less secure in our bodies, and this is the thing that we have to use to navigate life in. So I think this week, um, it's all about women's bodies and body positivity and the strength we have in them and how we navigate that with our day-to-day and and personally because you know it's something we've been saying like I always mention this word agency you know if you probably listen back to all the podcasts because I think it's really 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 important in understanding there's a strength to femininity that not I, I don't think not that a lot of sorry not that a lot of women are aware of but that we're not taught to embrace we're not taught to embrace our agency or activeness in the same vein we're not 
taught really to uh, love our bodies, to nourish our bodies, to pleasure our bodies as well. Thinking of all the ways that literally it's so binary for men versus women to have, you know, just an openness and a and a and a bravery. No, to okay to a certain extent, no matter what. But how it's socialized and been taught to us that like our bodies are the ones that need to be repressed, that need to be hidden, that need to be made fit, feel feel less than. So we just really want to talk about that um, and and get into that, man, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we sure do. We sure do want to talk about it. Uh, so. Where do you want to start? Shall I start? You start? We all start you together. Found, you found, I always love vibing off you. Go on. Okay, well, I think where I start with this topic is, I guess, from quite a personal place for me mm. in terms of how I came to a place of body acceptance and then how that went on to just become my mission in life to help other women get there, right? I've never really had a lot of body issues you know as we're supposed to do as women we're supposed to hate ourselves obviously if if you look at the way everything is marketed to us it's uh, based on the fact that we're not good enough so we should improve ourselves constantly and I guess like when I was a teenager obviously you go through those awkward teenage years where you kind of feel a way about your body discounting that once I was grown I was like okay like you know I don't have huge boobs I don't have a massive ass I don't have you know I'm just kind of like have an average body. Cool. I'm all right with it. Then when I moved to Canada, I was on a no exercise kind of regime. I was very attached to my couch and was very comfortable there. Thank you. (laughs) Tell it. And that went hand in hand with uh, depression, right? So I was not in a good place Mm. at all, mentally, emotionally, very down. When I moved back to England, I thought, you know, when I was younger and I was a dancer back then, I always felt good when I was moving. And that always kind of made me feel good. I think I should move again, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you the kind of very abridged version of this story because I could quite literally talk about it for days. So I start boxing. Boxing changed my life, right? Mm-hmm. And this is me going from quite literally off the couch to just a down and dirty boxing gym in Leeds um, with, I think, honest to God, my first class was like 35 dudes and me and one other woman. And the one other woman was the chick who owned the gym, right? So wow. going into that kind of space when we're talking about safe places for women's bodies, that's hella intimidating for a woman to walk into a space where, okay, my body isn't in the best physical shape that I would like it to be in right now. And I, I'm in this room of men who are going to be judging that. And yes. My physical capability is definitely not going to be where I want it to be. And I'm in a room full of men who are going to be judging that. Really intimidating. But the beautiful thing about that moment was, and the the great thing about boxing is, that if you're not paying attention to what you're doing, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. So if you want to have a space, if you want to have a space where you can get fit and do your own thing and not worry about anybody watching you, go boxing, fam, because... It's incredible. Listen, my session, first session was an hour and a half. I honestly God thought a lung had fallen out and I'd lost both my arms by the end of it, but it was incredible. <laughs> like I came out of that and was like, I don't know what the hell just happened, but I want to do that again. It connected to yeah. something so primal in me and, and especially at that particular time in my life where I was genuinely really going through some shit. And so to just on a base level, be able to like bash that out on a heavy bag every week and on some pads every week, 
was incredible. And week by week, felt myself getting fitter, felt myself getting stronger. Then I started running. Terrible at running when I first started. Not great at running now, but enjoy it more. But with running, especially as you get to see your progression very quickly and, and, and very literally, right? You're able to see, oh, I can run a little further this week or, oh, I did that a little faster. It, it's very tangible results with running. Mm. And what happened with me was I went from, I've always been an early morning runner and I went from being the chick who, you know, is running at five in the morning in massive sweatpants and a big hoodie because I didn't really want anybody to see me to having this kind of transformation through fitness where the story was changing, right? Mm. So it kind of became about, I don't care how my body looks at the end of this. I'd be on a run and be like, holy shit, my heart and lungs are doing some incredible shit right, right now. Like, right. oh my God, but my quads are doing some amazing things to like power me up this hill right now. I just started to think of my body and in terms of how it was functioning. And that yes. for me- yes. I found that gave me so much power in my body. So I, I was then, I kind of graduated from the kind of massive sweatpants and big hoodie girl to like, actually, I'm going to wear my, lycra. I'm going to wear my lycra and, it. It, and I'll run in the middle of the afternoon on down a main street. And I don't give a fuck who's looking at me. I don't care if my thighs are a little wobbly because my body is doing something incredible right now. It just made me view my body in a completely different way where I felt powerful and not even just from a sense of like, yes, I do have a mean left hook and I will throw it. Just in a sense of like kind of reclaiming ownership of my yes. body. I think it was really the first time in my life where I really felt like I occupy all of this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and I'm in control of it and I can use it to do incredible things. You know what I'm saying? Like I found so much power in that. So for me, that's kind of always going to be where this type of debate kicks off is like, first of all, just move more people, just move more, do move more, test the limits of your body. It's a great thing. Move in a way that makes sense to you. If that's dancing in your bedroom to Beyonce, do it. If that's roller skating in the park, do it. It's finding a way that works for you. But I think well, that Definitely. That having that moment has made me so much more confident in myself to the to the point where getting catcalled on the street, I'm just like, oh, whatever. You know, I, I, it doesn't it's, make me as shook up as it used to, yeah. I guess, you know, because I feel more powered or empowered, I should say, by what I've managed to do with my body. Yeah, if, you own your shit. And I think yeah. it's interesting that thinking of we, when we, we met uh, through running. Yeah. Before that, like, my parents always pushed me to do sport. Always, 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 always pushed me to do sport. Like, I, man, football, rugby, cricket, karate, running. Like, karate particularly because discipline, because I was a little bit of a bad youth. And, like, someone telling me about myself and making me do all types of things. And I remember, like, one of my earliest memories of doing karate and karate competitions my sensei didn't ramp. He was like some old school Jamaican guy who couldn't give a shit about gender. Who was just like, you're here to fight. You're here to learn. You're here to be disciplined. And I remember having to go up against the boys. And like, I have two older brothers. I have two older, uh, older sisters as well, but I was raised with my older brothers. And like, there's a 10 year age gap. And if people seen my brother, they're like, rah, like you weren't what, 
you weren't getting no remote control in your house, were you, Lamar? Just because, like, it was, like, we're playing, isn't it? Like, that's, that's, that's the thing. I remember, like, fighting my sensei putting me up against these guys and the boys would think, like, it's just a girl. Like, literally, I remember one of the conversations my dad always tells me the story. The boy said, like, it's just a girl. What? I can fight her. And the sensei was like, watch out for her. Like, she doesn't play. Boy, two twos. This kid is hunched over on the mat, bawling, and his dad is looking at him like, what is wrong with you? Why did you let this girl hit you? Why are you acting like this? And, like, I think from then it's just been within me that, like, I'm actually quite strong. Like, I'm actually quite strong and I'm powerful. Through running, though, I remember getting into running in a similar sense of I need an outlet for, like, all these bad thoughts and this negativity. And the biggest transformation, it being physical, yet yeah, but mentally. Oh, I could talk about that for nature, like, literally, and, and this is the thing, like, we're talking as, you know, we connected over running. It could be any sport you mm. find your sanctity in. There's a power of movement. There's a power of, like, I love how you said, like, my heart, my lungs. When I run, when I do things, I'm like, all these things which I cannot see but are just giving me life and energy and making right. me move is really, 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 really powerful. And I think that into, like, my understanding now that it was like there's an analogy of the car, right? The car can look shit and battered on the outside, but as long as the engine's good, it doesn't matter. Now, that into knowing that, has really made me combat my own prejudices what it comes to of bodies mm. so not not even the billboard bodies that were lamented with every day or this ideal of femininity but of having I, I come I would say yeah part of I don't know yeah, part of West Indian heritage or is you know you need to eat, Lamara. You need to like look bigger. You need to look more voluptuous. All all these things that are, are my that before I was in control of my body were deemed to like make it worthy. But knowing that there's a power in you, like your heart and your lungs, and as long as they are, are okay, have helped me bat- battle my own prejudices of what an ideal body is. Mm. Very much so. I call bullshit on myself for that for a long time for not thinking that bigger women, you know more voluptuous women, bigger women, um, who people may class as obese, weren't worth anything. To be quite honest, weren't weren't like me because, you know, I could go and run 100 metres and they couldn't run 100 metres. And a lot of my thinking has had to change over the years to be like, nah, there's power in there. There's strength in there. Um, and I think daily, daily, you know, I'm proven wrong. Um, one of the inspirations I would say I follow um on Instagram is someone called Jasmine Stanley mm-hmm. she's a bad ass big beautiful queer woman yogi like what I, I'm 27 years old I have never been able to touch my toes listen however what uh Jasmine can do uh, with her leg behind her head in stirrups, in downward dog, in child's pose, in morning fun, sun, fun, rising. I don't know yoga people. Like, I'm terrible at it. She's phenomenal. She's very open. She, like, in all the ways, visually written of communicating her body 
to people and people have found solace in that. People have found an affirming nature that, hey, I'm here. I may not look like, you know, the woman in Stylist magazine on page 25 doing yoga, um, but I can do all these moves and in a more badass way than you could ever. And I think, yeah, I've had to really settle and like combat my own prejudices of understanding what women's bodies can do. I know I talk about agency, but again, maybe my, my, my view of agency was very mainstream. And I think we're talking about body positivity, feeling like very comfortable in your own bodies. I've had to battle with that in another vein of being owning my identity within my body. Right. And just knowing in myself that like everything that I encompass, it's okay. Yeah, so there's layers um, in which it comes comes with, actually, in terms of what it means to be comfortable in the skin you're in, uh, whether that's internally, outwardly, like, in not conforming to different ideals of how you're meant to look, what you're meant to do, um, the different layers in, in owning your identity and your body and ultimately, like, being proud of that. Yeah. Completely. This kind of makes me think of this whole contouring makeup trend bizarrely um oh talk to me sips sips water i just find it so bizarre i'm not big on makeup i own like two lipsticks and a mascara i'm not great with it i didn't even know what mascara was until a few years ago okay so perhaps we're not the best people to be talking about (laughs) this but i just i've kind of watched youtube videos of this in fascination more than anything else this whole contouring thing for people who don't know is, and I'm by no means qualified whatsoever to speak on this topic, but from what I gather, it's essentially just kind of shading, lighting and shading your face with the aid of makeup in a certain way. But inevitably, this is never done subtly, right? Like, any Do you know what it reminds me of? You know Red Dwarf? Uh-huh. You know there's a character in Red Dwarf that's just made up of, like, hexagons and shapes? <laughs> that is exactly what it is these chicks on youtube are like drawing random shapes on their face and then just like blending it in somehow but yeah it's it's never subtle right so it's not they look like a completely different person at the end of it so it's just i don't understand like i'm not one of these you know i'm a feminist but i'm not a radical feminist in the sense of like you no one should ever use makeup like listen your choice no, is your choice no, you know no, people can again, use makeup but i just think it should be used to like enhance what you got but this whole changing your deceiving. entire face it, but the thing is it just everybody ends up looking the same and this is what bothers me and i think this is something quite close to home for me who has definitely struggled with her looks in in my lifetime you know because I'm not, um, listen, I think I'm fly as hell at me. I don't give a shit. Get it. <laughs> Holla. Um, but it took me a long ass time to be able to say that. At school, I was definitely the funny, ugly chick. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I was perceived for sure. And it took me a long time to be able to kind of grow into, A, my looks. Yes, sure. But B, being comfortable with my looks. And not being the traditional, whatever the traditional kind of view I'm, of beauty is. I'm, totally I'm not that. With you on that. I'm totally with you on that. Like, honestly, I've never viewed myself as typically feminine. 
<laughs> Shout out. My dad would be like, why are you telling everyone our business? Well, he literally raised, he said, I've raised you as a son I never had. So, like, I've been always been pushed into, like, being a tomboy, being a bit more boisterous. Like, using clothes as a way to, like, make me more active and be more comfortable and essentially hide my body as well, let's be honest. So, yeah, I've, I've never viewed myself as, like, typic- whatever typically beautiful or feminine is. Again, like, not all the images that we see. So I think I've struggled um, for a bit with that as well. And, like, even, even now, so I started going to the gym recently and um, just being like, oh, why is that not changing? Or I wish I could get rid of that and I wish I could get rid of this. And, like, like I said, I called bullshit on myself earlier for just knowing that non-traditional or non-traditional air quote body is like a powerful too, but then also learning to love and appreciate the body you're in. And there's not enough of that. There's not enough of heroing, I think, the the girl who doesn't typically look girly or the girl that doesn't wear right. pink or, you know, the girl who's playing football with the boys or the girl yes. who doesn't wear makeup. All of these things, you know. And do you know what's this funny to me? image of ladylike, which I just, just, that's a whole, like, yeah, it's all in this. Just really annoys me with all of these impositions of what this femininity and what this woman adheres and what our body should be like which makes you not feel comfortable and confident with what you've got and you should you know what's funny to me and I've had this debate with people before nothing makes people more uncomfortable than someone who is not traditionally beautiful being comfortable and confident with who they are I've noticed that a lot like especially in this kind of selfie culture yeah. If I take a selfie of my oh, of, of yeah. me, I will inevitably lose followers on my Instagram when I post a picture of my face because it's not really yeah, bruv, it's not like my face as fucking fly as it is. Let's be real. Um, Hell, <laughs> no, but I don't look like a Kardashian, so how dare I be okay with who I am and post that up? And with your fake tiny lips, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't look like that. I don't look like a traditional kind of beauty but I am very cool with who I am and I, I like right. listen it's taken me a long yourself. time it's taken me a long time yeah. to love this face I'm fucking proud of it so oh, I don't care like a... I, and it, I'm fine with showing off who I am and, and and being comfortable and confident and it's not about whether or not you find me beautiful do you know what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. not actually about that I'm allowed to just appreciate myself and take a picture if I so choose it's really funny this this selfie culture has yeah. really, I think, kind of driven this whole contouring trend. It's driven, I mean, I know I joked about Kylie Jenner a few weeks back with her kind of making money off these lipsticks when her lips Listen, are not even her not own. Real. But in all sincerity, I kind of feel sorry for Kylie Jenner a little bit because there was a girl who would have grown into her looks pre plastic surgery. She was kind of a plain Jane. But she was also freaking 14, 15. You know what I'm saying? Like she was a young chick when I was 14, 15. I didn't look how I look now. You know what I mean? You grow into your looks and, and you make the best of what you have. But obviously when you have privilege behind you, you can just get plastic surgery if you feel like it. But it makes me sad that that's There's the route a... that she felt she had to go down. to. And now she looks like a carbon copy of the rest of her sisters. Like, it's just sad to me. And there's legions of girls who, through the power of, since they can't, they don't have access to plastic surgery, contouring is the way for them. So let me just look, make my face look like someone who's not me at all, 
but it's more in line with this traditional sense of beauty that we have right now, you know, this ideal. Let me just line myself up with that rather than being, you know, not to, but actually I'm going to toot my own horn for a little bit because it was fucking hard to do it, to be able to stand in my own identity Mm. and be like, listen, I'm pale as fuck. I'm a freckly Irish chick. I've got a big nose. I had crooked teeth. I'm like, you know, I'm not a traditional beauty in that sense, but I embraced it and was like, listen, I fucking love who I am. So deal with it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's hard to be that person. And it saddens me that someone like Kylie Jenner has had to go through that so publicly and not even go through it, but right at the beginning of it be like, fuck it. I'm just going to change everything about the way I look. That's so sad to me. That's so sad. There's, there's two things here. It's like, it's um, it's really interesting. You raised selfies. There's a great article, a great, phenomenal, like, article or medium uh, by, I believe, Rachel Syme or Syme. I've got it on my screen right now. It's called Selfie, the Revolutionary Potential of Your Own Face in Seven Chapters. There's something really, it's interesting you said, you know, you lose followers when you pose your face because it's not conforming to this aesthetic. Like, and basically, like, through the seven chapters, but one of the most things I remember is she's saying how the selfie is a revolutionary act. Like, what it means to promote your face, your body, say you're feeling yourself in that moment, Mm. you know, make that, like, a full rectangle of you. Put that on whatever social media account. Like, this is me. This is me. Like, unfiltered. I think it's, it's, it's a great long read, people. Like, we'll tweet it. You should really get into it. But there's something very, very empowering in that. This is what gets me about people who say that, you know, selfie culture is a a symbol of our narcissism and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. But what I think is so powerful and so great about it, in a a sense, is we are now able to claim our beauty, our way for ourselves. Right. So we can dictate that now. We've had enough of the billboards telling us how we should look. We've had enough of magazines and mainstream media saying, listen, unless you're thin, white and blonde, you don't count. Actually, fuck you, because I'm going to take a piss from myself right now, post it everywhere and feel fly as fuck. I don't care if people like it or not. It's me claiming my beauty for myself and being like, I matter, actually. Totally. I think it's really powerful. And then it reminded me, um, oh, cosine, bruv. Like, and it also reminded me of, so uh, How to Get Away with Murder, starring the fantastic Viola Davis. She plays a lawyer. Click, click, right? Mm, mm. Let's talk about that non-existent glass ceiling, people. J'adore um, her. J'adore her so hard. So there's a great scene. She plays a lawyer called Annalise Keating. She's badass. She runs shit. She tells everyone about their, their self. Um, oh, I know the scene you're going to talk about. And I love it. You yeah, know, fam. You know. Like, she's sitting in front of a mirror. And bit by bit, she just starts peeling away her makeup, you know, revealing her natural, beautiful, ebony skin tone. And then she takes off her wig and revealing like her beautiful, natural, short Afro tresses. And that for me was like, wow. You know, I, I, I don't wear makeup. I don't. But I do struggle with, struggles like probably a really harsh word. Fuck it. Struggle with my hair in um, <laughs> Very uh, traditional, non-conformist, microaggression <laughs> workplaces that want to make a, a big deal about your hair. Mm. That kind of see the natural 
strands that grow out of my hair as really interesting and like a scientific experiment and like I belong in a zoo and feel the need to touch it and comment on it and when I really uh, when I get my hair done all I really want to do is just walk around and no one say shit yes except that looks nice right <laughs> yeah, end the conversation end of there. conversation but it's just done but in that moment like watching her knowing we always battle like to be comfortable with our bodies and our looks and I think particularly for women of colour our hair if it's not straight if it's not you know shoulder or ankle length and it's not got that shine on it like I my hair (laughs) my hair grows up my hair doesn't grow down it may grow a bit to the side it grows in coils like it's thick the texture is very very different to a European standard of hair or like what people deem typically beautiful air quotes all around that so for me to see that image and like when I get my head and I'm really making a deal like for it to be as natural as possible now um and to just maintain that and have pride in that and like I got a really great hairdresser I know I'm digressing but I got a really great hairdresser who's like it's not about hair length Lamar it's about hair wealth like it's about oh you damn know, Hair she, wealth. Damn. Okay, for her. You yes. know, it's not about it's not about it's about, you know, your hair not breaking, not being dry, it being stronger. Like we're gonna do all the things to get to that. And to bring it back to the bodies, like it's not about being like for, for me, it's not about being a size 14 or a size 12, like, or you know, fitting into this and onto that, or like having this 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 true feminine. It's about the wealth, I think, every time I work out of my heart. Like I stopped running for a long, long time. And the the thing when you run, like, and if you run as much as I was running, like the weight just goes. That was never my goal. But when I stopped running, my heart like got really bad. I was breathless. I remember moving here, walking up subway stairs and getting to the top and being like, This hurts. Mm. Why does this hurt? And then starting boxing like yourself, doing circuit training getting in a workout where I can and just feeling like, oi, mm. I'm on this, you know, like feeling myself literally shout out Beyonce and Nikki for one of the greatest motivation songs ever. You start feeling yourself. And I think it's that feeling yourself in the skin you're in. We need to promote more of. There's a lot of like what physical, mental, the, the ties between physical and mental health and what that can do with you for you personally and how it can make you feel comfortable in yourself as well as having affirmations around you we talked about not so typical feminism right let's talk about not so typical women and what they look like and finding your inspiration Mm. in them so like to tie all of those points (laughs) together it's like me seeing someone like a viola viola davis rocking her natural hair like talking to my hair just saying it's about wealth knowing that my heart rate is like amazing now and like feeling mentally better since I started working out after moving to a big city, like tick, 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 tick. It's all of these things. It's all of these things that we have to know are worth. And it's really interesting because some people, whether or not like you're comfortable with your own body, like you got to learn to love your own body. And I'm going to segue into like, as like I read, I read Jezebel. I read another website called Autostraddle. I read a lot of things about gender and women's bodies. Um, 
owing from a time I spent at university when I studied that quite intensely. And I just find, I find that dynamic really interesting. And you know, if you listen to this podcast, I talk about agency a lot, but there's something also, and yeah, I'm going to say it in understanding and being proud of your body and pleasuring your body and owning that as a part of yourself too. Mm. Because like, it may be really cliche to be like, if you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love you, but love your body. Like know your body for yourself, Mm. women. True. Before you ever have to go to someone else to validate that or fulfill that need in you. Like we're grown. We can talk about this shit. (laughs) Mummy, please don't listen to the show. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like just reading some things about like, you know, knowing yourself intimately enough, whether it's standing in front of a mirror naked, whether it's like, you know, pleasuring yourself when you want to do those type of things, like do that as well, because you have to be comfortable with all of this and all it encompasses is that you do find the joy within it, that you do feel like you're feeling yourself physically, metaphorically, (laughs) all of that. So I think that's all a part of it as well, body positivity. I would concur with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a real process, right, to be able to get there with all of the images that we get uh, thrown at us on a daily basis of kind of dictating to us what femininity and beauty and confidence should look like yes. for for women. Yes. It's really quite a process to learn how to define that for yourself, which Tell I know them. you touched on it last week. I think that's why we were praising that video so much last week of the body form ad called blood Mm. you know the way that they've shown kind of strength and femininity encapsulated as one thing not not mutually exclusive we're going to see more of that hopefully more of that yeah the the fight the fight back the fight back is real the clap back sorry is real like blood advert by body form this girl can like you like badass women like all of all of that undo ordinary all of those like mantras of women here and now who are like this is my body you you like it or you don't like it but I love it and I think that that what's good is that now kind of the mainstream and brands are seeing that through selfie culture and and blogs and Instagram and all of that kind of thing through essentially all of us as women being like this is who we are actually and proudly displaying ourselves now we're seeing the mainstream and brands kind of reflecting that a bit more because we are kind of being loud and clear and saying actually here's what we want we want to see the real us reflected you know like we're tired of all those bullshit messages but yeah I think in short you know it's a process to to get to the point where you accept and your definition of beauty and confidence and femininity and whatever else It's a really worthwhile process to go through. Can I just, I'm going to actually just share a really quick little story that just gave me so many feels this week. It's about my mama. Hey! Shout out the most stylish woman. Oh my God, she's just styling. Our parents should have a, oh my God. Our parents are shit on us daily. Every day of their damn lives. Flawless. To to be that elegant and old is is the goals I aspire. Listen, so my mama is incredible, as is my papa. 
And my mother has had crooked teeth her whole life, right? And I, and I had kind of crooked teeth, which I've just had corrected with Invisalign, right? For like, I had spent six months doing Invisalign. I have, yeah, like, I have uncrooked teeth now, which I'm very, very happy with. My mother had crooked teeth her whole life, right? She had um, kind of a lot of dental work done about three years ago to give her this kind of perfect smile. She sent me a picture of when she first had it done. And I was like, oh, that looks amazing. You know, you look great. And, but my mum was never really comfortable with it, right? And she, over the years, she's kind of said that, like, I, I just don't feel it looks right. I don't feel like me. It looks, mm. it looks a bit, it just looks weird. I don't feel like it looks natural or it just looks weird to me. And I would always say, like, don't be silly. You look great. You look great. Yeah. So anyway, my mum texted me the other day and she said, I went to the dentist. I had the veneers taken off. I've had my teeth crooked <laughs> right? No. <laughs> so... She went out at Mama Bear. And she so she sent me a picture and she looks I mean, she just looks fucking great every day of her life anyway. But her teeth look great, you know? And it I totally get what she means, right? Because she my, listen, my mum's 68. So she'd gone through her whole life with these crooked teeth. And then when she was like 65, she had them corrected and she was like, I look fucking weird. So she went back to the dentist and had her teeth re-crookeded, right? So that she felt like herself. And you know, we were laughing about it on the phone the other day, but I said to my mum, like, I don't think you understand how powerful that is and how lucky I feel to have that woman as my yeah. mother. Like, listen, I would just, I've always said this about my parents. If they weren't my parents, I'd just want to be friends with them because they're just mad cool people. <laughs> but so cool. to have that woman in my life, it's like, what a freaking incredible example of just embracing who you are. You know what I mean? Like her whole life, she was conscious about those teeth and was always kind of made to feel like you should have that corrected. You should have that corrected. So she went and mm. did that. And then she was like, nah, fam, doesn't feel like me. I'm going to take these off. And she took them off. And I was like, that is so, I'm going to blog about it this week. But I, I, it actually got me a bit choked up because I was like, you know, my mother, I don't think would ever describe herself as confident or, she, you know, she's never really had anything good to say about herself which is mm. I think that's a generational thing as well where they just don't mm. sing their own praises you know what I mean but this to me I was trying to explain to her like it's really this is bigger than than we're making it out to be in this moment we're laughing about it but it's in this day and age in this time in this culture it's freaking huge yep. that you made that choice and you did that yeah and I feel so lucky to to have her as my mama as such an incredible what an incredible example and it just kind of you know was quite poignant because for me who's just kind of spent six months feeling like really hard done by having to have this Invisalign done and I, in fact I didn't even need to have it done you know what I mean like my teeth but weren't it, that bad to begin with yeah. but you know I was self-conscious about it so I went and had my teeth fixed meanwhile mama bangs over there just getting her whole damn <laughs> life being like take these shit off I don't want it you know? I think there's something, you know, feel like you is what you said. And I think yeah. that's so powerful. And it's it's made me think also of um, feeling like you, non-typical beauty. But then also I'm just reminded of um, this woman uh, in London. And forgive me, I forget her name, who suffered a really horrific acid attack. Oh, and Katie she was, something. I can't, I can't remember. Her well, there's her. There, yeah, there's definitely her. And there's a woman uh, who wanted to be like a makeup artist. And the confidence that comes from having a disfigurement of that severity, mm. especially with, if, if it's Kate, like the, the main proponent of that, and that 
really old school um soldier who has like the MBE who got um hundred percent burned in the in one of the wars. Oh yeah. You know I, yeah. I do not know these people's names, sorry, 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 but I'll I'll tweet it all later. But of having a severe disfigurement like that and being very public facing, being very honest and open with the the negativities of that from what they get through other people, of how they're feeling themselves, you know, all, all of that. Amputees even, like things where you have an impairment done to your body to render you, quote, unquote, not pretty or make you, quote, unquote, not able to mm. do things. And embracing that, whether it's teeth or your skin or your leg or, you know, a scar that you have or shit, even freckles, like embracing that to feel like you, to 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 feel powerful within yourself, to rock that, to like find love with that, to, to be able to do things with that is so incredible. It's a strength I do not possess, mm. you know to if overcome is the right word here to overcome that to deal with that and to be an advocate for other people and to literally feel like you and be proud of the skin you're in i think we can end it right there because that just sums it up cool yeah. bye i'm joking yeah. <laughs> see you later bye yeah. Uh, but this like particular conversation actually came from an email and like I know we've been alluding to it, but I know like one of our listeners is like, yo, can you talk about body image and confidence and stuff? So like we do read the emails, people like send in suggestions because um, we can wax lyrical on them for eons and eons and provide you with audio pleasure as we end in true fashion with us. What are your words of wisdom slash words to live by at Bangs? I blatantly don't have any this week. Not gonna lie. <laughs> don't actually have any. Really you dropped so to... many bars, though. You dropped so many bars. I allow you. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Do you have any words of wisdom? Not bars. We know you got bars for days, though. Bars. Lyrics for lyrics. Calm. calm. That's like I might get that tattoo. Don't do that, Lamar. Don't, don't do that. Do that. But I love that. I lo- lyrics for lyrics. Calm. That's. I might drop that in a meeting when everyone's squabbling. Like lyrics for lyrics. <laughs> calm. <laughs> I do have words of wisdom. I think they're very fitting uh, with our conversation today. They come from like uh, old acquaintance of mine. Uh, her name's Brandy Chantel. Um, she is a poet, a writer, and more not so much famously, but more more powerfully, she's a mother. Um, and she started a blog, and she says she says actually a lot, a lot, lot, lot of her honesty and her insight into marital life and being a, a a black woman and a mother through her Instagram. And I was just rereading over her blog this week, and she she had written about you know she she's now married, but the path to marriage and something really illuminated itself. Um, so there's a little bit of background, but I want to read the lines to you. And she said. More so, sharing the reality of one's experience is a tool that, when used properly, gives people the benefit of your lessons without the hardships those lessons required. Mm. Ruminate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Click fingers. And I just think, in particularly with this conversation we've just had, like, very revealing, and you know, of course, like, you know my life, girl. Um, but there's something in... The benefit of our conversations, maybe not as lessons, because I don't want us to sound like, you know, we're dictators and all of this shit, 
but like of just us being really honest about things from our past and our present and our family lives that hopefully like just if it's nice to listen to but like show people that not so much we're human but hey like we've encountered hardships too and there's there's a lesson this is our lesson through it right rather than being stush and not open and and not sharing like all the nitty and gritty stuff I always talk about this reality but I also say as well you know tell the truth shame the devil like there's shit that always needs to be said so more honest conversations that benefit other people um that show them your hardship that maybe like they not so much avoid it but they know what's to come or they they know through your experience of what it may be mm. so those are my my words of wisdom um i love yeah, it um right people connect with us via the twitter at no bs guide to life you can email us no bs guide to life at gmail.com you can hit us up on the web no bs guide to life.com uh, so connect with us via all of those channels because we enjoy Jesus. hearing from you. Uh, you can connect with me at Bangs and a Bun on all of your various social media networks. And where can they find you, Lamara? They can find me on the ephemeral stream of consciousness, which is Twitter at Lemel underscore P. Fabuloso. That's it from us for today. We F- will be back. Yo, hello, US. Oh, I did it. I'll sign off. Let's just, just go. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Love you all. Speak to you soon. <laughs> we'll be back next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.